Hello, and welcome to You Can't Fix Stupid, the podcast where we look into the humorous side of the human race, those unbelievably dumb acts that people commit. You know, those crazy things people do that make you wonder if they are so stupid they put two quarters in their ears to listen to 50 Cent. I'm your host, Tam. This is episode number three, In Deep Trouble. As always, if you like the podcast, give us a rate and review and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search You Can't Fix Stupid Podcast. Look for the same logo that you see on the podcast. You can also reach out with ideas to our email at ycfspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to see what you would like to hear about. If you listened to any of the previous episodes, thank you for coming back. If this is your first adventure into the You Can't Fix Stupid world, thanks for the visit. This episode is about dumb criminals in Indiana. I know, Midwestern states don't have a rich history of sophistication or smarts, but I also know, despite stereotypes, plenty of smart people reside in the Midwest, and many of them are located in Indiana. These are not stories about those people. These are the stories of the people that set the stereotypes. Indiana, known as the Hoosier State, is a Midwestern state also known as one of the Great Lakes states, even though only 40 miles of the state's border touches Lake Michigan. Here are 10 facts about Indiana. 1. The name Indiana means land of the Indians. Currently, though, there are less than 8,000 Native Americans reported to be living in Indiana. 2. The Raggedy Ann doll was created by Marcella Grelli of Indianapolis in 1914. 3. There was one point in time when Peru, Indiana was known as the circus capital of the world. I wonder if they had a lot of elephants there, or maybe that's where those orange, orange secret circus peanuts are popular. 4. The first rapid-fire machine gun was invented in 1862 by an Indianapolis man named Richard Gatling, hence where we get the name Gatling Gun. 5. There is a road located in Amity that has a gray site in the middle of it. The story goes that there was a cemetery located on a hill that overlooked Sugar Creek. One of the graves in that cemetery was that of Nancy Curlin Barnett. It came to pass the county made plans to build a road right where the cemetery was located. This meant that workers would be moving the graves to a new location. Barnett's grandson did not take too kindly to this idea. The man decided to take a stand for his dearly departed grandmother and ensure that her final resting place would indeed be final. The young man grabbed his shotgun and stood guard over his granny's grave. During the time all the other remains were being moved, Barnett's grandson stood firm. Finally, the county gave up and agreed to leave Nancy where she was and build the road around her. Later, officials added a concrete slab to protect the grave as well as a historical marker. 6. On March 25, 1995, Indiana was part of the most lethal twister to ever hit North America. The tornado touched down in three states, Indiana, Missouri, and Illinois, and was named the Tri-State Tornado. It had a ranking of F5. Its path claimed the lives of 695 people and injured more than 2,000 others. 7. Wabash, Indiana was the first city to use electric streetlights. In 1880, even though the town only had a slight population of 320 people, it was estimated that 10,000 people arrived to witness the first lighting of these electric lanterns. 8. Not only does Santa Claus, Indiana receive thousands of Christmas letters every year, 
but every letter the city receives gets a response back. I don't know about you all, but it kind of makes me happy that there is such an effort to keep the magic and innocence alive in the hearts of children. 9. Indianapolis was the last host of Elvis for his concerts before he passed away. And 10. The first ever train robbery was perpetrated on October 6, 1866. A gang known as the Reno Brothers robbed a train in Jackson County and made off with $13,000. With inflation, that would translate to be approximately Typically, the stories that I share don't involve someone who was incarcerated at the time of their stupidity. But let's be real, there's no definite location where stupid will be spotted. Today, we go into the Jackson County Jail and hear the story of an inmate who is dumb enough to think he could make a break for it. On February 4th, 2019, in Brownstown, Blaze Ayers was an inmate who had grown weary of his stay at Jackson County and made a break for it. According to a press release from the Jackson County Sheriff's Office, Blaze was in a group of prisoners that were being escorted back to their holding cells when he chose that moment to try for freedom. He ran into a nearby medical room and locked himself inside. As officers pursued Blaze, he had made his way into the ceiling. Blaze began his crawl toward booking. Officers made several attempts to coax Blaze down. He refused. Officers stood in the booking area with their stun guns aimed to Blaze's hiding place in the ceiling. After some waiting, and Blaze still refusing to come down, Blaze's body broke through the ceiling. After hanging on for just a little bit, Blaze fell completely through the ceiling. One may think that once you have fallen through the ceiling and landed surrounded by armed men, it would be the time to surrender. Apparently not Blaze. He kept ignoring the officers' demands and the officers were forced to tase Blaze. Blaze, who was originally at the jail on a failure-to-appear warrant, was given new charges, felony attempted escape, and misdemeanor criminal mischief. Y'all, there is a surveillance video of Blaze's attempted escape. If you're interested in seeing it, I will leave a link in the show notes. Now, you may think that breaking out of prison might be one of the dumbest things you can do, especially when you're just being held on a failure-to-appear warrant. But perhaps breaking into a sheriff's office is just as dumb, if not dumber. According to Sheriff Glenn Potts, Jack Steele Jr. of Milan, Indiana, was caught on surveillance breaking into the Ohio County Sheriff's Office. Apparently, after being involved in an operating a vehicle while intoxicated investigation, Jack was allowed to wait in the lobby of the sheriff's office. After waiting for his ride for some time, Jack decided to break back into the sheriff's office. Now, you might be asking yourself, just what did Jack lift? According to Sheriff Potts, Jack swiped a digital camera, a flashlight, a jump starter pack for a vehicle, and several smaller items. He also took time to wipe his fingerprints. I suppose that was Jack's attempt at being smart. After making his collection, Jack left the sheriff's office where his father, Jack Steele Sr., was waiting outside for him. 
The Jacks made their getaway. The following day, the Ohio County Sheriff's Office issued a warrant for both Jack Sr. and Jr. The stolen goods were found in the steel home, and Jack Sr. was arrested for his part in the incident. However, Jack Jr. was not found at the time. When he is caught, he will be facing charges for burglary, theft, and obstruction of justice. So, in the, far in this episode, we've had a man break out of jail, a man break into a sheriff's office. But, um, is being your own snitch any smarter? According to a report filed by the Marion, Indiana Police, on February 28, 2019, Mark Anthony Jones came into the emergency department of Marion General Hospital. He found himself there due to self-inflicted gunshot wounds. A high point nine millimeter bullet entered Mark's body slightly above his penis and exited through his scrotum. The report that Mark gave the hospital was that he was adjusting the pistol he was carrying in his waistband. As he adjusted the weapon, which was not holstered, it discharged, thus causing Mark's injury. There are a few reasons why this man deserves to be named in my humble little podcast. First, people. If you are going to carry a weapon of any kind, legal or illegal, get a flippin' holster for the thing. You read about so many people accidentally shooting themselves because they don't have a holster. And it's just, it's preventable. Secondly, if you're going to refuse to holster your weapon, for all that is holy, make sure you possess the proper licensing for your weapon so that when you do accidentally shoot yourself, which you most likely will, you're not going to be facing charges for an illegal weapon. Now, Mark, in addition to needing to recover from an injury, now also has to worry about the prosecuting attorney pressing charges for possession of the weapon without the proper license. It isn't just the criminals and civilians of Indiana that have perhaps had some lapses in judgment, but the lawmakers have also made many questionable decisions. I understand that there are some laws made for our protection, and even some are made to alleviate even minor annoyances in some situations, such as noise ordinance laws. But some of these laws really, really make me wonder about the lawmakers and residents of Indiana. Did the lawmakers feel that these laws were really necessary? Are they goofy enough to think they need to apply? Or are the residents that lacking in brains? Or is it just a waste of resources? I don't know. You guys be the judge. Here are five weird and dumb laws for the state of Indiana. One, mustaches are illegal if the mustachioed person has a habit of kissing people. I wonder if this was made by one of those women who hate facial hair on guys. I don't know, but I like when a guy has a fuzzy face. Two, pedestrians crossing the highway at night may not wear tail lights. Um, is it just me, or wouldn't you want pedestrians to be more visible? Are they allowed to re wear reflectors? 
I now know next time I'm driving through Indiana that I need to be on the lookout for shadowy pedestrians at night. Three, waitresses are forbidden from carrying drinks into a restaurant or bar. I guess this means that the bartenders can't ask a waitress to help them restock. I hope this doesn't translate into affecting how they are able to serve restaurant and bar patrons as well. Four, baths are not to be taken between the months of October to March. Please tell me this is either very literal and that showers are still allowed during those months or that it is an outdated law that no one cares about anymore. Five, in Beach Grove, you are forbidden from eating watermelon in a park. This one really makes me wonder why it's a law. If you have any ideas, feel free to give me a shout out. There is a whole lot of crazy and idiocy out there and none of us are above it. Sometimes we get to be the idiot and sometimes we get to be the audience. Thank you for joining me. Don't forget to rate and review. Tune in for episode four, Smartness is a Challenge, releasing soon. Before you go, remember that mental health is important. There is no shame in struggling with a mental health issue. If you are struggling, seek out resources to get help. Your friends and your family treasure you and want you to be the healthiest that you can be. If you need immediate help, call Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you have phone anxiety, you can text CONNECT to 741741. Please keep fighting. You are strong and you matter. Until next time, may you be the witness and not the idiot. Hugs to you all. Intro music was created by Kevin McLeod and is called Cheesy Lab. It was downloaded from filmmusic.io. I do not work in law in any manner. I only find these stories entertaining. These stories are to be taken with a grain of salt and a sense of humor. If you like it, please share it.